Welcome to the Habits to Goals podcast with Martin Grunberg. It's time to take control of your life. Are you ready to achieve goals faster and more consistently than ever before? You need the habit factor. You're listening to Habits to Goals, the podcast that helps you create the habits that lead to success. I'm your host, Nick Polkuski, and here is Martin Grunberg. Martin, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the podcast. Nick, as always, terrific to be here. How are you doing, buddy? I am doing outstanding. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm uh, excited to get into this topic in a little bit, but I know we got to we got to run through our GTRs real quick, our good things report. So what do you got for me this week? Um, well, the first thing is I uh, was asked to be on a panel discussion here uh, that actually takes place tomorrow. So I've just been kind of preparing for that. I'm, I'm excited about it. It's going to be focused on uh, small businesses and how they can actually be successful online. So it's I'm I think it's going to be great. I've just been enjoying with the interacting with the people who are going to be on the panel with me and I'm I'm just really excited for it. That's that's sweet and you uh, imagine are going to discuss uh <laughs> discuss podcasting, right? A uh, basket weaving actually. Basket weaving. Come yeah. on. No, of course. Yes, I'm going to be discussing <laughs> podcasting. Right. Yeah. Yep. So a whole lot of podcasting, yes. which which fits nicely with that program you've just rolled out. Absolutely, absolutely. And you can better believe I'm going to be mentioning that tomorrow, at least at some point. That's funny. I bet uh, I bet you will. Well, good job. I, I think it's fair and in due time that you uh, continue to be recognized for, for being an authority in the space. So that's great. Well, thank you. Thank you. So... <laughs> So, Martin, what do you have for your good things report? Oh, man, it's brutal. Um, so my – and it's always family, isn't it? But I guess that that offers some balance to the show maybe. Um, my eighth-grade daughter, 14, um, she's graduating eighth grade. And so, so the other day – and I'm trying to write, trying to finish up this book, trying to do a dozen other things. And my wife hits me with, oh, yeah, you have to write her, quote, unquote, a love letter. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's, it's something the school does as part of their retreat in graduation ceremony. So on one hand, it was brutal and painful and frustrating particularly to be put in a position where I just had to crank it out without it like deliberating over, you know, weeks. Um, but maybe in a way that was a good thing. So I just, I cranked it out in probably under an hour, kept it to a page. And the reason I'm sharing it now is by the time I was done, A, I was, and I hate to admit this, I was in tears, right? Um, and, and, B, I, I just I wouldn't have done this without I would not have done this without the requirement from the school and my wife. Yeah. That <laughs> so is, that is a very cool like requirement or practice. You know, it, just to, that's just really neat. It was very, very touching and, and there was a bit of irony because it starts off and <laughs> uh me and a buddy were lamenting his daughters in the same school and at 14, they are just not the friendliest people on earth. So I start off 
with almost like, you know, it's better. <laughs> it's more important to be liked than loved. Well, of course, I didn't actually share that. But I was like, wow, timing is really interesting that I find myself writing this now, given that you've been a major pill. Um, and and then I rolled it into, <laughs> of all things, so I literally, I followed that thought around um, around timing is very important. You're going to see that. You know, the whole time I had this vision, she's going to be reading this, maybe, hopefully someday when she's much, much older and I'm long gone. And um, so I talked about timing's important, and then that, that rolled into character and habit. So... I ended up probably with a paragraph of of some sort of habit factor, quote unquote, wisdom in there. I'm, I, I remember writing, uh, and when it comes to character, don't forget Plutarch once said, <laughs> "Character is long-standing habit." So, in any event, it was a terrific exercise, albeit painful, and and that is my GTR. Nice, nice. I like that. I, and like I said, I think that's so cool. And I, I would encourage, you know, our listeners, if you're in a similar situation, to even maybe go through that exercise because I just think that's so neat. I would agree. It was one of these things. Again, I would have never done, um, and it makes you pause and reflect. And and it's 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 very powerful. So it was it was cool um even if you don't give it to him maybe you just put it in a box and and hand it to him some some day down the road um but it certainly gets you in touch with some real feelings pretty quickly yeah i bet so, um yeah go ahead i was just going to transition here so what are we actually going to be talking about on this episode in theory we're going to talk about super conscious connectivity <laughs> who has it, what is it, and that sort of stuff. So it, it gets a little esoteric, but I love this stuff. My sense is, is you're interested in it too, and chances are if they've read The Habit Factor, uh, this is going to fit at least the majority of our audience. So that's where I want to go. Awesome. That for you? That works great for me. Well, why don't we start out with that kind of second question you posed. What is it? So it's a great question, and it's this idea that, first of all, it goes by several different names. If you've read Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill calls it infinite intelligence. Um, it's been called creative consciousness. It's been called God, mind, or super conscious. I like Napoleon Hill's infinite intelligence. Um, I also like this idea of super conscious, but... But what it is, is this idea that, and of course, nobody knows for sure, but it certainly seems to be right, um, this idea that you have a mind, and we should probably define that at some point, so, so set that aside. And w the question becomes, where, where does insight come from? Um, where does not knowledge, but really these, these leaps of consciousness, as Einstein called them, where, where does that originate? And, and the great minds of, you know, throughout history have said crazy stuff like um, Nikolai Tesla said, if you want to find the secrets of the universe, 
think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. And I'm just going off the top of my head. I, don't, I believe that's exact. If not, it's darn close. So if you want to find the secrets of the universe, think of energy, frequency, and vibration. And Emerson said, and this is in The Habit Factor, there is a power above, like beyond and behind us, and we are the channel uh, to its communication or of its communication. So this idea that and you and, – and certainly the most creative people – throughout history have said that they have just been this channel. So they, they don't even try to own their ideas. They just say they, they kind of tap in and then they just write and it flows through them. So I think this is absolutely worth exploring. And um, anyhow, do you have any questions so far? Uh, no, I just, I just, yeah, let's, I think, we, <laughs> I don't even really know where to go from here exactly. But uh, <laughs> Well, tell me of your experience when, when it comes, this is probably a good way to do it, when it comes to ideas mm-hmm. and insight, uh, problem solving, what, what do you do? What is your take? Do you believe in such a thing as infinite intelligence? What's your experience with that? Yeah, I absolutely believe that there is, you know, that something similar to that yes that there is this thing where your ideas and just even though your thoughts uh what you think about kind of helps uh bring it down into reality almost it's almost similar to like that law of attraction but at at kind of a different level i don't know if you 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 know we mentioned thinking go grow rich all the time but one of my other favorite books from napoleon hill is outwitting the devil i don't know if you've read that yet I have not, but I'm very I'm familiar with it. Yeah, I loved it. He talked a lot about this aspect, about the vibrations out into the universe, um, quite a bit actually in that book. And I that's one of my favorite books actually. Okay. So let's try to let's try to bring it home, hone it in. I'm a visual guy. So if you were to just draw three layers like a three layer cake or bean dip or whatever i used to think that the subconscious mind which again we have to define at some point um the subconscious mind would be the lowest layer we're not going to do that we're going to for fun we're going to put conscious mind at the bottom and then we're going to put subconscious above it and then we'll write super conscious above that now the theory is on that third level that's where all time ideas and information resides like the breakthroughs like the light bulb the ipod the iphone the internet the helicopter you know how could leonardo da vinci um so many centuries ago draw the helicopter (laughs) right right right. how is that possible when the technology doesn't exist the materials don't exist um where does he see that where does he get that insight and the only answer that many philosophers thinkers come up with is this idea that all those kind of answers are out there in that space and there's a way 
it's believed, and I certainly subscribe to this, that you can channel that, you can tap into that. Mm-hmm. So how's that visual for you? Does that make sense? Yeah, I like it. And I was just going to throw out uh, the fact that, like another great example of that almost is the fact that so many things seem to be discovered at almost exactly the same time by people who have <laughs> yes. really no. So like, you know, the theory of evolution, like, I, you know, there was Darwin, but then there was also several other people who had basically the exact same theory, just didn't get it out as soon as he did. Absolutely. Hey, the habit factor came out 14 months before uh, about another book called The Power of Habit. Mm-hmm. And both focused solely on habit, which really hadn't been done. And, and they came out very, very close together. Um, not that that's the same level as the theory of evolution, <laughs> but the point is same idea, same yeah. time. I mean, you see now, and, and I don't know if it's actually a good example, either the pol- proliferation of habit tracking apps, but, but you do see breakthroughs at similar time. Look what's going on with drones and mm-hmm. uh, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So absolutely great point. And, and I just wanted to, when I give you that kind of the model I just I need to see sorry I just want to see a particular window here um that's why I didn't see it so when I give you that three layer model what's the mo- what's the the middle level again what do you have there subconscious bingo so you're taking notes I love it so and I write about this in The Habit Factor. When does insight strike people most often? Uh, wh- when ahead. they're relaxed or out doing something else, their mind is not focused on it. Perfect. And, and often it's the type of thing you do habitually. Yeah, that's true. Which is crazy. So it's like shaving, you're in the shower. Like you said, you're totally relaxed. Your mind, your mind takes this other track right? Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, you're like, oh, shit, that's the headline I should run. Or, you know, oh, my God, that's what I should do with that employee. Or, uh, you know, that's what I should do for my wife. Or, oh, my God, I forgot it was his birthday. The point is that and and that's why I put subconscious as that middle level, Nick, because I believe what's happening is that's how you bridge the gap to the super conscious insight it's through the subconscious, through, if you will, habit. And you could, you could run that tangent, you know, you could follow that train all the way down the path. I mean, you could talk about like a virtuoso performance by a violinist or a pianist and, and they get so down that subconscious road that they improvise and they, you know, tap into superconscious genius, right? So anyhow, that's one, I think, perfect example and model and how it helps. I think if I'm the listener, I'm saying, well, you know, what does this mean to me? Or I can relate, but, but how can I apply this? And what I have found to kind of put almost, uh, it's, it's kind of funny, I think, what was that last episode? The one where it was the it was the three 
eight? No. God, oh, the what? eighth wind? No. No, I'm sorry. I should have this handy, but it's uh, where the words. Oh my goodness, this is bad. We're gonna have to. Get up. It was not the eights. It was the words that sounded the same, and there were three of them. It was. Oh, it was the the elements. Elements. The mens. The mens. Beautiful. Well, that was painful, but that's exactly <laughs> it. So this follows that, Nick. The mens. And I think the working formula, and you touched on it perfectly, it was this idea of releasing. So, so I'll walk you through it. Elusive, it's, it's, instead of the men's, it's the eights. <laughs> That's why I kept saying eights. So it's elucidate, investigate, marinate, emancipate, congregate, and uh, that is your formula. So we'll, we'll walk through that. Elucidate, which means what? Define, really define the problem. So again, if you're still with us, reader, listener, um, you, you want to define what the problem is. Write it down. Get very clear on it. Got it? Got it. Elucidate. And then you investigate. You research. You study. You do everything you can, look at models, um, find the past experiences. Then the third step is to marinate on it. It's just, it's just to let it kind of soak in. Now, obviously, not all situations allow you this period of time. For me, this is my favorite one. And that's why the habit factor took four years and the pressure paradox took four years. Because the longer I could marinate on a subject, the more I got to see how different dimensions uh, would interact. And then all of a sudden I saw just what we're talking about. Basically, it had habit as a path to insight and, and problem solving, which I couldn't have seen if I didn't really marinate on it for a very long time. And then one... Go ahead. I was just going to ask, do you have any strategies or suggestions for the listener of how maybe they can marinate on stuff a little faster, if there's a little more of a fast track almost? Um, yeah, well, the, the, the definition of marinate is almost, it presupposes time. Um, I, I think to accelerate the process you would just have to, and maybe that's part of the point, you could either marinate or accelerate. And to accelerate, you would brainstorm. You would, you would just write out probably 10 to 15 to 20 possible ideas or outcomes without judging any of them. And that may be a way to accelerate. Um, in fact, it's not maybe a way. It is a way. We just, we just did this over the weekend um, with with a board and, and it would prove very efficient whether it's in a group or or as an individual so yeah i think if you're forced under time constraints to brainstorm is, is a great way to accelerate the process so good question the the fourth step is emancipate and again we're just trying to use words that work together and that i love because it's that releasing it's that freeing moment where after investigating, researching, and marinating, you you totally let go. You go for a run. You go surf. 
you go bowling, you you know walk your kid around the the block or the park. But at that point, chances are almost are very excellent. I should say that that that's when the insight's going to come. And then the the final piece is trying to pair it up with the problem, and that's congregate. So elucidate, investigate, marinate, and we could even say accelerate if needed, emancipate, and congregate. Pair it back up. But if you define it really well, you'll see how it pairs up very nicely. Yeah, I like that. That's a great little formula. That's one I'm definitely going to have to kind of consciously go through because I think some of these steps naturally happen sometimes. That's right. Um, like at least when you get your best insights, they naturally happen. But now actually actively doing this when you have a problem or situation that comes up, I think that allow will allow people to be more productive, to uh, have bigger and better ideas as well. Yeah, the, the idea is a lot of things happen naturally. Um but I think people look for, I know I certainly do, you look for, again, almost a recipe or a formula or just something to follow in a pinch. And, and then that puts me or you on the spot to, to articulate, like, what does that look like if you had to, if you had to document it? Yeah. Um, so to me, that's what it looks like. And, and I will also say, and I've, we've mentioned this multiple times, I keep yellow pads of paper right next to my bed. And, um, you know, I probably write four to five half sheets every night, whether it's stuff for the, the book or the app or something at work. But I, I do it probably for two reasons. One is it's going to help me sleep because once I think of it, if I can't write it down, I can't get back to sleep. Yeah. And then the other is to remember it. Um, great, great. And sometimes I can't even read it, but great Chinese saying is uh, the weakest ink is stronger than the strongest memory. So I know so from one day to the next, sometimes I have hard time recalling. So I love writing stuff down, even if I can't even look at it for, for a day or two, and then I got to try to decipher it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just can't stress enough the importance of writing down stuff at night. It will help you sleep, and uh, it's also a great way to capture ideas. I like that. That's something I used to do, but uh, actually uh, when I made this transition from carrying around my little notebook in my pocket to just using my phone, then I kind of stopped doing that at night. So that's probably something I should look to add back into the normal evening routine. Well, that's great. And then before we, we wrap it up, I'm just going to talk about two other things related to Napoleon Hill. Sounds good. It's technically one other thing. It's, it's this idea that he, he says really there are no, well, he says there's kind of two types of ideas. One he calls synthetic imagination. And that is this combination, Nick, of, of taking uh, something that's previously known, right, like this pen and then a flashlight and combining it to get the, you know, the pen that lights up, right? That's, mm-hmm. He calls that creative imagination. You're just kind of mashing up things. The other one is, or 
synthetic imagination. The other one is creative vision, which he considers entirely kind of authentic and new. So he will say and attribute the the discovery of the light bulb by Edison as as creative vision. And he talks about Edison who like famously took cat naps and um, he was a, just like just like woke up with the the answer to his problem, of course, which famously had, let's say, 10,000 failures, right? Mm -hmm. And he finally realized that what he needed to do was kind of remove the oxygen from the bulb so the filament wouldn't burn out. And, and the vision he had, the creative vision, as Napoleon Hill called it, was this idea of the charcoal staying... Um, staying lit or lasting longer because it's it's uh, you know the oxygen was was compromised right mm -hmm. so and then he was able to parlay that to through the light bulb so I I think there are many ways to look at creativity but one of the key insights if you will was this idea that. You've heard necessity is the mother of invention? Yes. Except for I think it's technically the grandmother of invention. And that invention is the mother of invention. In other words, right? think about it. The, the grandmother birthed the trash can. The trash can is what birthed the trash bag. You follow that? Yes, yes. <laughs> so necessity is the grandmother of invention. And invention, which is good news for all of us, invention sparks more invention. Invention yeah. is the mother of invention. So kind of things to keep in mind. I, I would look into synthetic imagination, this idea where you can combine um, you know, this tool with this tool and get X or Y. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Do you have any quick examples of anything you've created or done mm. or seen or used that you love that uses synthetic imagination? Oh, man. Uh, you're putting me <laughs> on the spot here. Yeah, that's cool. Um, nothing is coming to mind immediately, okay. but I'm sure there is many examples. Um, but, yeah, I can't think of anything immediately. We can, your juicer. <laughs> there you go. There you go. We will – we will bring it up in the next episode. So there you go. That's to uh, circle all the way back. That is this idea of super conscious connectivity, this idea where, where insight comes from, maybe how to tap into it, how to create ideas, the different ways to create ideas, and whether it's writing a book or solving a problem, um, hopefully this helps you tap into this unlimited source of of creativity. So there you go, bud. Awesome. Well, Martin, thanks again for an outstanding episode. Hey, thank you. And we'll chat with you soon. Thanks, Nick. And thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Habits to Goals podcast. I'm so excited that you could be here with us as we explore the habit factor and how habits can actually change your life. 
We'd love to hear what your big takeaways were from the epi- this episode. Simply go to thehabitfactor.com slash podcast. You can find all the episodes, all the previous episodes, and the show notes there, as well as all the resources that were mentioned in this episode of the podcast. I also really want to encourage you to go subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud or whatever podcast player you listen to because we are delivering a brand new episode to you each and every single Monday and I don't want you to miss a single one. So simply go to thehabitfactor.com slash iTunes and leave uh, and subscribe there. We'd also really encourage you, if you enjoy these episodes, the best way to show your appreciation is to simply go leave a review on iTunes because that helps so many other people find the podcast and realize that this is the podcast for them that could really have an impact in their life, their business, and in just their happiness and wellness. So thank you for tuning into this episode. Remember to go out there and create habits that lead to your success. If you're looking to grow your business using podcasting, but don't have the time to edit the audio, insert the intro and outro, write up the show notes, post the episode to all the different sites, and do all of the ridiculous back-end work that's required, then you need yourpodcastguru.com, where you bring the content and we take care of the rest. We'll even co-host the show for you. Visit yourpodcastguru.com right now to explode your audience and crush it in the podcasting world.